You're listening to the Marketing Attractions Podcast. Conversations on how nonprofit attractions are increasing attendance and sharing their missions through marketing. Your hosts are Ryan Dick and Jenny Williams of Attend Media. Jenny, I I can't think of the last time I watched ABC, NBC, any of those broadcast TV. Well, that's not true. I, I watch a lot of football, but I don't watch ABC, NBC unless it's like sports. Why are we buying or still buying broadcast TV? Ooh, the most hated question of every media buyer. <laughs> well, that's our topic today. Um, yeah, happy to debunk some of this stuff. There's some a, a lot of research out that is showing us that we should be putting all of our our all of our eggs into the bucket of streaming. But there's still definitely some you know a, a, some strong reasons as to why we should be keeping broadcast on our plans. Well, let's set the stage first. What is TV? Yeah. So when we talk about TV, we're going to talk about three buckets. It's our broadcast, cable, and streaming. And our broadcast, I think everyone you know is aware, ABC, NBC, CBS, right? All of those local affiliates where we're getting a lot of our news. Um, and then cable, of course, through a cable provider like a Comcast, where we're getting a lot of our networks like a TBS, TNT, um, Discovery. And then streaming really is um, where we're bypassing cable to get a lot of that content. Um, but it can be the same type of, uh, you know, um, con- the same type of, you know, show content that we're getting in streaming versus cable, but it's over the air. It's bypassing a cable provider and using the internet to, to, uh, reach that audience. Yeah. And let's make the distinction between sitting on my phone and sitting on my couch and watching the big screen TV. Yeah. So we'll kind of think of TV as like a real TV screen. So most of the broadcast, most of cable is consumed on the real TV screen and stream, but streaming's pretty fragmented, right? So a lot of that is on a TV screen, but a lot of that is on mobile devices. So um, this is actually where, like, if I, if I were to go do a broadcast buy, they would never say, do you want all TV devices or do you want TV mobile? Like, but with streaming, that is like something that I would specify. So if I'm looking at it as a true TV extension, I would specify TV only devices. If I didn't care where it ran, then, you know, mobile's fine as well, too. Got it. So for today's conversation, we're going to separate things like mobile as we'll put that in the online video bucket. But today we're really only talking about TV and we're defining that as a real TV. Sit down on the couch, watch it. Correct. Got it. So where is the TV watching audience going? Like everyone's doing streaming now, right? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, Nielsen has released kind of the, they come out twice a year. So this summer they came out with the latest report showing that streaming is actually making up about 38% of TV viewing. And wait, Nielsen is a guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy, guy in the back, in the back room, like the wizard of Oz. Um, you know, is kind of the the standard for TV measurement, TV viewing. Um, in fact, in the past, they didn't even measure streaming. Um, so over the last few years, it's been brought into measurement. Um, and for, you know, the first time it's finally surpassed cable and broadcast um, in the latest kind of June report that they've shared. So about 38% are consuming TV through streaming online. Um, on, well, online being internet. <laughs> uh and then 
Uh, it's about 30% cable and actually 20% broadcast. So broadcast is the lowest of the three. But in this Nielsen, the gauge report you're talking about, some of those numbers might be a little misleading, right? Especially when it comes to the popularity of streaming. Yeah. So I think the first thing to think of is just how fragmented streaming is. So kind of like cable, right? You've got hundreds of networks um, with streaming. There's uh, you know, a lot of different public, those same networks or publishers that are providing content that you can get streaming through. Um, and you know, it expands from there. So I think one is just the fragmentation. So when we look at the numbers to see, okay, it's 20% broadcast, 38% streaming while well, my broadcast is CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, you know, you've got like your, um, you know, public broadcasting and some other channels in there too. But for the most part, it's kind of those big four. Um, it's a lot less fragmented than YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount, um, Pluto, you know, other fast supported T, you know, free ad supported TV, uh, it, it, virtually every other, you know, provider out there. So it's like four versus a hundred. <laughs> um, and then I think the other thing is when you look at this data that's been provided is, um, the number one, sort, the number one, um, publisher for streaming TV is YouTube. So that's, not, you know, necessarily, it's not bad content. It's just not necessarily premium content on a TV screen. Yeah. YouTube isn't real TV. Yeah. And, you know, another thing to think of is just, you know, when we talk about TV and we talk about premium quality, right? What we, on the streaming side, what we really want to focus on is FEP inventory. That's full episode players or 22 minute um, show, right? So if I'm watching a 22 minute episode of Friends with ad breaks built in on cable or I'm watching it on streaming, like that, that, that show is my FEP inventory. Well, I don't go to YouTube to watch FEP inventory, right? I go to YouTube to watch user generated content um, or maybe clips of that, that full episode um, inventory, but I'm not going in to watch like a full TV show. And uh, I think the other thing that's really important to call out here is in that report, YouTube does not include YouTube TV. So it's truly YouTube. Does it, it can be viewed on the TV screen, but it's not the YouTube TV kind of, um, you know, streaming. I, I canceled my cable and I added YouTube TV. That's not in these numbers. Yeah. So this report's a little misleading, at least in the eyes of us, like advertisers. Right. It's streaming, but it's not only on my TV premium content, right? And I think like as a, maybe someone who's not in marketing, uh, maybe the CEO of the company, maybe, uh, you know, just someone who's never actually counted and like looked at these buys might think, oh, all of my streaming video is running on Netflix, Hulu, YouTube TV, you know, that's where it is. And that's just not true at all. Got it. So let's talk about broadcast. Give me the case for broadcast TV advertising for zoos, aquariums, gardens, museums. Is this a viable option for us still? Yes. Um, in most cases, it is. Obviously, market, my market, it's going to vary. But I think one of the most important things to remember is with a nonprofit attraction, you know, you're trying to spread your mission to every generation, right? You're trying to drive visitation from a pretty large audience in a local market um, and even expanding outside of that market. And, you know, broadcast can still provide a strong reach against, you know, several audiences. So kind of that multi-generational 
spread our mission, spread awareness. Broadcast can still be a really great, um, you know, uh, part of your of your overall media plan. So you think this idea of like nobody's watching? Well, yes, the data is showing it shifting to streaming. And if you dive into the data, we're seeing it's like younger versus older. And we'll put the line at 40. <laughs> um, our millennials aren't exactly like little kids anymore, right? But um, our, you know, our millennial audience, which is definitely a primary segment for many nonprofit attractions, because we're trying to reach parents with kids. And a lot of millennials have kids now. So um, that audience is probably is is going to be easier to reach with streaming. But when we're talking about the millennials parents, right, our baby boomers or um, Gen X, like they're still going to be able to be reached with broadcast TV. And in fact, they're watching broadcast and streaming is what we're seeing. So whereas our millennial audience is watching mainly streaming, our older boomers and um, Gen X are doing broadcast and streaming. So it's a it's a good reach extension when we talk about adding uh, streaming onto our broadcast buys. Well, yeah, you kind of touched on that, but you know, give me give me the reasons on why should we complicate our marketing efforts even more and consider buying streaming TV? Mm, well, like I just said, reach extension. So it's going to be hard to go in. I think in the past we used to think, how do I um, how do I reach more people with my my media dollars? And it was buy more TV. And now buy more broadcast TV. Buy more broadcast TV, right? So now what we're saying is, well, yeah, buy more TV, but don't just buy more broadcast. We're going to buy streaming to complement our broadcast, right? Or maybe we're going to carve off some of our broadcast dollars to move it over to streaming. So we, you know, we still are going heavy after TV potentially for our strategy, but TV is not just broadcast anymore. Broadcast and cable. Now it's broadcast, cable, and streaming, or broadcast and streaming or in some cases, maybe just streaming. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm the marketing director and we've set a goal where we just want to reach millennials that, you know, the family with young kids in the house, 22, I'm sorry, 25, 44 is my demo. I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket. It seems like if that was the strategy, then streaming only would be the execution in terms of TV dollars. Yeah, I, I think that could absolutely be a viable um, strategy to go streaming only if you're reaching that 25 to 40 um, audience. Um, the, you know, another great a strategy or tactic around kind of more streaming is if you're trying to expand outside of a market. So maybe you're running your broadcast to really have like high reach against a very large audience in your local market. But now you're looking at expanding that footprint some and you might not be you might have the budgets or you might not be quite ready to go in and reach everyone and a, and, you know, completely new DMA, but you can start expanding that, that footprint by a radius. So maybe I want to expand outside of my DMA by 10 or 20 miles or a drive distance versus saying, I'm going to go in and buy, you know, another entire DMA with broadcast. That's going to actually be um, kind of cost prohibitive really. So we're looking at, um, or, you know, you can start, kind of gradually expanding that footprint with streaming where you're doing a zip or radius targeting. Well, I, I like that. One of the limitations of a broadcast TV is you have to buy the entire the DMA. The entire market, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so we've been talking about streaming, but cable offers that, uh, that granularity when it comes into geo. I can buy a zone in another DMA. I can buy heavy up on a, a zone within my DMA, Talk to me about the benefits of streaming over cable. Is it either or? Do you do both? Why would I want to pick one? Go for it. 
Um, so it comes back to the audience. So if, again, if I was trying to reach an, uh, you know, my older audience, I might look at broadcasting cable together. I think in most cases now what we're seeing is that streaming is replacing cable, right? Our cord cutting has to do with I'm cutting the cable cord, not necessarily the broadcast cord. Um, so the trend is moving, obviously, to streaming. Streaming's already surpassed cable. Um, but, you know, that's usually where we're seeing like it's broadcast broadcast and streaming or, um, you know, streaming only versus it's, I'd say it's kind of rare that we've gone into a market and lately and really just done like a cable only buy. Got it. So cable's declining in its penetration. You mm-hmm. know, you mentioned cord cutting. It seems like streaming is eating cable's lunch, mm-hmm. but broadcast is still a viable play for a broad reach strategy. Yep, exactly. You're listening to the Marketing Attractions Podcast. Conversations on how nonprofit attractions are increasing attendance and sharing their mission through marketing. Your hosts are Ryan Dick and Jenny Williams of Attend Media. Attend Media is a media planning and buying agency specializing in zoos, aquariums, gardens, and museums. For more information, please visit attend.media. Now, back to Ryan and Jenny. Okay, so... Buying streaming TV, this isn't as easy as calling up the local rep and saying, hey, I want to buy ABC local news. Streaming is complex. Yeah. Um, Well, I'd say the first thing that you want to think about or remember is just as we started this conversation, all streaming TV is not on TV. Um, So you do need to specify what you're buying. And I do think it's important to at least know what you're buying, even if, you know, it's not all running on TV. Like, what we don't want to do is we're going back, you know, the CEO of the company is thinking, you know, everything we're running is on Netflix or everything we're running is on Hulu because it's not right. So just like, it's not maybe all on TV, um, but you can't absolutely build a buy to just run on TV. So you can select and specify the device that you want to run on. It will lower your audience. It will increase your CPMs. But if I'm running streaming as a true TV extension, a true broadcast extension, like there's absolutely, um, cases where I would just run TV device only. Um, you know, the other thing that you need to look at is, is and if you're running TV only, you should be seeing about a 95% completion rate on your video. If you're seeing lower completion rates, like 60, 70%, a, a you know, good portion of that inventory is probably on, on a mobile device. So that's one way to, you know, if you did, if you don't know the details of that buy, you know, maybe you're the CEO versus the, the media buyer, you know, that's a good way to kind of identify like where your your ads are running based off of that completion rate yeah so a little tip there completion rate under 95 percent red flag you're probably running on non-tv devices yeah and not red flag like you have a bad buy but just you're maybe not buying what you thought you were buying um you know and then i think just knowing what you're buying it's not just a line i'm on the plan just like you probably don't have a line item on your plan that just says TV, $100,000, right? You know, it's... Here's the check. It's XI, or, you know, it's the, the NBC affiliate, the ABC affiliate, the Fox affiliate, like, where are you running? Um, there are some limitations with where you're running with streaming, so you can't get show specific. I'm not going in and buying, you know, Dancing with the Stars only when it comes to streaming. I'm. It's typically publisher. Well, first, first and foremost, it's audience-based, right? So we're saying we don't care as much where our audience is. As long as I'm reaching millennial parents in the Dallas DMA, I don't care where they're watching it. That's typically how we would go in and buy streaming. 
Um, and then we put some quality control on it in terms of the TV device only or the, you know, full episode player content. Um, well, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Let's unpack that a little bit more. So it sounds like one of the major benefits of buying stream t- streaming TV is I can go target an audience based on something beyond just demographic or content, like, like we're limited to within broadcast TV. Mm, yeah, you can, but on a local level, if you over-target, you risk not reaching enough people. So we're still trying to use streaming in most cases as kind of this brand awareness, um, you know, premium kind of content play. And then we over-target so much that we serve minimal impressions. Oh, but just, just humor me. G- give me some examples of some audience targeting I can do with streaming. I mean, can I target somebody who just maybe went into a competing attraction, went to the zoo and I'm the aquarium. You can, but on a local level, you're probably going to get very, very little inventory. Um, You could run as little as a couple hundred dollars against that. And you might say, that's fine. I don't care. But at the end of the day, we've got to reach enough people to actually drive visitation into our parks. And I would say the better play to do that type of targeting would be, and maybe some of our social channels, other digital, like online video, where your reach is going to be much higher than just streaming specifically um so is this one of those just because you can doesn't mean you should exactly and there are places where that makes sense within a media plan within a digital buy but probably not how you want to target you know your your streaming video okay so this sounds great um i'd like to carve off all my broadcast tv budget and move it to netflix not happening for a local advertiser (laughs) what can i buy So um, I know kind of the other big hype over the last year or so has been, you know, the fact that Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu or Hulu, sorry, HBO, which is now Max, have all started introducing um, kind of a a lower tier ad supported plan, um, kind of, you know, very much mimicking kind of how Hulu has done it. Um, The problem with all these is just on a local level, there are not enough subscribers to go in and just do a buy only on that. If you were buying multiple markets, this might make sense. Um, Or if you're buying kind of a little bit of everything, this makes sense. But this is not how I would recommend setting up a buy for a local nonprofit attraction. How I would look at going in and setting up a buy is if you're going to carve off like that one premium publisher, it's Hulu. Hulu by far is going to be the best. I mean, if we, again, going back to that gauge report, it's number two behind, um, well, it's actually number three. So it's YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. Um, and YouTube's not real TV. Correct. Netflix, we can't do locally. Right. So Hulu is going to be our number one publisher that we can actually go in and do a local ad buy on. Um, so I would, I would look at it as Hulu kind of, I would bucket that as its own because chances are, you know, I, I do want to hit an audience watching Hulu in a market. And then my kind of next here would be all other premium publishers kind of blended. So my Paramounts, my Peacocks, um, you know, the, um, like even like our, our fast TV, our free ad supported TV, like Samsung and things like that. Like those can all be, that's all online streaming content where we can include full episode player, 22 minute inventory. Um, so I'd bucket all of that together because every market's going to vary. And 
you know, I might have a few people on each one of these, you know, different platforms. So I want to group them all together versus trying to do like a dedicated buy on every single one because you're not giving it any room to actually kind of optimize across all these different publishers if you were to break each one out individually. What kind of CPMs are we talking about with Hulu? Hulu can be um, kind of closer to that $30 range. And then our sort of second tier, sort of in that in between that $20 and $30 range. Um, and, you know, all of this varies based off of the type of targeting, the size of the market, and then the time of the year. Because, and it's really kind of follows broadcast, if you think about that, because the more targeted you are, the higher your CPMs are going to be. Um, the more, you know, in broadcast, we th- think about more in terms of like the the least amount of shows or day parts that we buy, probably the higher CPMs are going to be. Um, and then the, you know, quarter by quarter, the, the rates are going to, to vary with holiday, of course, being our, our most expensive time, um, particularly for streaming. So it sounds like if I've got to buy a streaming TV buy, and it's just a line item on my plan, and I really have no idea where it's running, and I'm getting CPMs in the $12 range, I'm probably not getting real TV. Yeah, it's probably limited in terms of the, you may be like 50% of that inventory is running on TV screens. Um, you know, maybe half of it is actually that full episode content. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd question it. It's not that it's bad, but like I'd put that in that sort of like third tier bucket of kind of can run anywhere, everywhere. We don't care. Um, but I, if you're, if you're not kind of looking at it this way, chances are everything is running in that third tier. Um, and it's, you know, you're, you're just not aligning it with that premium content that you think you're aligning yeah, it with. Yeah, that could be a little scary. Yeah, I think especially for like a nonprofit attraction, like where you run is really important. Um, and I think with the, you know, with the sh- changes in technology with, you know, the introduction of programmatic media across virtually every channel that we can buy in now, it's so great because we can focus on the audience and not the placement. But for a lot of advertisers, the placement still really matters. And, you know, I would argue that you always kind of want a blend of, you know, premium, high quality with maybe more audience targeting, less concern over where it's running. But if everything that you have is, we have no idea where it's running and who cares, it's just the audience. I mean, you kind of think about nonprofit attractions, there's, it's more than just a performance-based strategy, right? So we're not just trying to drive like uh, the lowest, you know, cost per conversion on the website for, you know, a ticket sale, because a lot of people are still walking up and buying tickets. So most of what we run, we can't even track down to that. Um, But I think this is just where like, uh, you know, we do care or, you know, nonprofit attractions do care about where their ads running, because when we're talking about it, like, especially if it's a mission-based message like we want that you know to be aligned in the right content so that someone's in the right mindset when they're receiving that message and actually wants to go and take action so it's um it's important to to know where your ad's running we we shouldn't just be so concerned we're like don't worry about where it's running it's just about the audience I, I don't think that's true for for this particular um industry um and i think for a lot of industries it's that's something that you've got to balance both sides of it Okay, so kind of recap, Hulu, a $30 CPM can creep up closer to $40 CPM during kind of uh, peak demand, Q4, holiday. Um, Paramount, Peacock, maybe about a $20 to $30 CPM. And then your next tier down is fast, free ad-supported TV. This is your Samsung TV, your Pluto, maybe about a $20 CPM. 
give or take a little bit. Does that sound about right? Yeah, all, you know, all based off markets too. And if you're getting a streaming, quote unquote, real TV buy where CPMs are coming below $20 CPM, that's an opportunity to question where exactly that inventory is running. Exactly, yeah. How, what's the device um, breakout in terms of the percentage on each device? Those types of things. All right, so let's recap all of this. Um, what are the three things you want folks to walk away with? We're uh, not not quite yet abandoning broadcast, right? Is still a, a viable um, you know channel that we should be looking at for our media mix. Um, but we are looking at shifting our dollars as our audience shifts, right? So younger audiences, more to streaming, um, you know. But we're, we're we're not walking away from broadcast quite yet. And number two. Uh, look at TV and online video differently. So our streaming is the one one kind of TV bucket that is technically not just TV. Uh, so know what you're buying um, and uh, you know break those two things out. Yeah, and then once again, that twenty to forty dollars CPM range is what we should expect for streaming on real TV. Correct. And number three. Well, when we say know what you're buying, we also you should have you know transparency in that buy. So. What am I buying on Hulu? What percentage is going on some of these premium publishers? What what list makes up the premium publishers, right? Ask these questions. Make sure that you have this going into a buy. And then, of course, you can always get reporting back by publisher and device um, for everything you run. Keep in mind, you cannot get show-level reporting um, in you know, most cases. Uh, maybe some of the publishers direct you can, but it's uh, it's pretty difficult to get still. Jenny? Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Attractions Podcast. If you have a suggestion for a topic or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at marketingattractionspodcast.com.